You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Neverland Podcast, episode 82. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and start until morning. Hello and welcome once again to the Neverland Podcast. I hope you've kept your pixie in your pocket this week because I tell you what, it's been a long week and we got to take that flight to Neverland. It is time for your weekly stress relief. It is time to fly to Disney and beyond and away to Neverland. But of course, before we take that flight, there's just a few things we really have to remember every week. Remember to go to NeverlandPodcast.com for all the fun you could possibly want from Neverland, including our email address, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. If you have anything fun you'd like to share, that is a great way to do it. You can also speak with us on Twitter. Neverland PCAST. Simply look for us at Neverland PCAST. We have a Facebook.com regular type of like page and we also have a Facebook group. Just search for Neverland Podcast and you will likely find it. You'll also find links to joining those right there at NeverlandPodcast.com You can leave us a voicemail 816-226-6492 You can also join the Neverlanders and become an official Lost Boy or Pixie. Why aren't there Lost Girls? Because girls are too clever. They don't get lost. Don't forget also to visit our Patreon link and you can donate to the show and help me bring this to you every week and I do appreciate every single one of you because you help me try to get as much magic together as I can to be able to share it with you and to everybody else and uh, it's just a wonderful circle of magic and I do love it and remember half of what you donate does go to Give Kids the World which sends terminally ill children and their family to Walt Disney World. It's a wonderful place. I know of someone who's gotten to take a trip uh, They had a wonderful time. I love what they do. It's a great thing. But it's definitely time to take flight. We have so much to do and so much fun to have that I really don't want to waste any time. Get that pixie out of your pocket. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust. Get your happiest thought and let's fly. This is Gary Gnu. And no Gnu's is good Gnu show. The only TV Gnu's program guaranteed to get a no Gnu's whatsoever never land news from the disney parks all right really there's two things of note that we can have for our news here from the disney parks the first one and this was big this is the absolute ban of selfie sticks from disney parks here in the united states for safety reasons uh I didn't really look into this. I don't know what the safety reasons are. I don't know if they've had any incidents. I just know that they were really annoying. I saw some photos of people who are getting photos of, of people with selfie sticks all hanging out uh, when you know blocking the view of people trying to watch parades and fireworks and all that stuff. And uh, I'm sure it really got annoying. You know, I haven't been into the park since the selfie stick has been invented, so I can only imagine how frustrating that might be. Um, but so, but they are officially banned, and it is cited as being safety reasons. 
So, yeah, don't bring your selfie stick. If you want to get a picture of yourself, they have cast members around there that will be delighted to do it for you. I have heard all kinds of wonderful stories about cast members taking your your own camera phone and getting your picture. Uh, I personally, I think everybody's overdoing it with selfies because it's like they're constantly taking pictures of themselves and you see them all over Facebook. Like, look, here's me. Here's me again. Here's me. I kind of get tired of seeing just you. Well, you know, part of, to me, taking a picture is look at where I am, you know. So, you know, I would think get get somebody who gets further away from you than a selfie stick. Or show us what you're looking at. And uh, to me, that's a lot more exciting. But uh, So no more selfie sticks, and I think it's just a grand thing. Whether it really is a safety concern or not, I don't know. But that's what they're saying. The other thing is Peter Pan's flight in Disneyland is scheduled to reopen July 1st, Wednesday. Uh, All new features there in the queue, some changes to the ride, some new animations. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some of this. If any of you are going to be over in Disneyland and going to be seeing this new ride, I would love for you to call our voice line or record a little something on your phone or something like that and send it to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Let us know what you thought about it. I I want to hear your point of view if, if you're going to go check it out. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, I would really like to be able to get a chance to check it out. Uh, it might be a while before I get there, but if you happen to be there, feel free to share it. It would be fantastic to share it with all of our Neverlanders. Uh, I'm pretty excited because it's the Peter Pan ride, and uh, I actually have never gotten to ride the thing, so I really want to check it out, and I'm really excited for these changes, but uh, it opens on Wednesday, so make sure you get there early, because I bet there's going to be a big line of people wanting to look at it, because after seeing what they did at Walt Disney World, it's absolutely amazing and lots of fun. So, yeah, Wednesday morning, get over there, check it out, take some pictures, some video, some audio, tell us what you think about it, send it to our voicemail, send it through our uh, our, our email address, and we'll be sure to share it with the rest of the Neverlanders. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. You people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. All right, so we need to have a review here for the new Disney Pixar movie, Inside Out. And I know I'm a little behind on this uh, because, you know, it's been out for a week. But, uh, well, funds have been a little tight here in Neverland. So uh, I finally got a chance to see it today. And as I'm sitting there in the theater saying, hey, look, I'm going to go and see this. Lo and behold, it turns out our own lost boy, Retlaw, also known as Eric Warren, was sitting there watching it at pretty much the same time. And so I've invited him to come along. He's regular Neverland listener and a lot of other podcasts that he loves to listen to that uh, we actually listen to a lot of the same shows. Uh, so some people may be familiar with him. You might have seen him on Facebook commenting and stuff. But uh, welcome to the show, Eric Warren. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's see, where should we start on this? Uh, I, I love, I want to go through the cast on this because uh, I love some of the casting on this, but uh, it is very funny to me here lately that... Uh, You'll find Disney or Pixar will occasionally cast somebody that you hope the kids don't become a fan of that particular actor because none of their other work would be appropriate. <laughs> For example, you know, like Sarah Silverman, although she did a good job in Wreck-It Ralph, I would not. But if I had children, I wouldn't want them anywhere near her. 
But uh, I got to say, the, the casting was very, very, very good on this. Uh, but uh, mainly talking, of course, about Lewis Black. Uh, if your kids go to love the anger character and they want to hear or see more stuff with Lewis Black, not a good idea. <laughs> oh, most definitely not. But I'm so glad that they were able to get some great uh, actors like Hans and Franz from Saturday Night Live. They're pumping the heart. Oh, wait, wait a second. I'm thinking about Cranium Command down in Epcot. <laughs> and there was definitely some similarities Almost with some definitely. Cranium Command, Herman's Head, you know. But, uh, oh, my gosh. So just running through the quick uh, cast list, Amy Poehler, uh, I think she's known for being in Parks and Rec. I've never actually watched much of that. Have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I've, uh, I've, uh, haven't watched all of it, but I've watched several of the seasons. And, you know, between uh, her and Chris Pratt being on that show, you know, we've got a couple of very strong Disney connections uh, with that particular program. And uh, the character Joy, uh, it's definitely right along the, the same lines as her character Leslie Nope on. Uh, on Parks and Rec. And then Phyllis Smith also, you know, from being in the office with sadness and her voice was just perfect for that. And her, her delivery, even from the office, because she was always very low key. Mm-hmm. She was just perfect. Oh, very much uh, so. Bill Hader, I'm not really familiar with, but he was really funny as fear. Fear pretty much. He's the slapstick character. He's not a lot of depth to him, but he is a fun character and he helps to add some levity, which is much needed in this movie. And, uh, and the, you know, last I saw, I think uh, Bill Hader's actually going to be doing a lot of uh, upcoming Disney and Pixar work. Awesome. Was he the one that they're saying he's trying to be the new John Ratzenberger? They had like a D23. I can't remember who that was who came out. Who's that? He's actually had appearances as a lot of different things. See, now I shouldn't be looking this up. This is things that I should just know off the top of my head. But, <laughs> but I remember D23, they had someone yeah. who came out. And part of me is thinking it was Bill Hader, but I'm gonna I'm verifying that right now. Mm-hmm. My computer's a little slow today, so um uh, not a problem. You know, uh you know, I'm really surprised really about you know, a lot of the, the cast members here are coming from ensemble type casts elsewhere, like Saturday Night Live with Amy Poehler and, and Bill Hader and Mindy Kaling and Phyllis Smith uh, from The Office. You know, uh, and they've really created a cast here that works well together, and a lot of it we can really track back to their previous work and the ensembles that they've been with. Yeah, and I do see here uh, at Monsters University, Bill Hader was the referee and the slug. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm thinking he might be uh, starting to make a lot of appearances in some of the older, you know, the older ones. Maybe we'll see him doing some little characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd say he did a great job. And there actually, I did see in the credits there was a kind of a thank you to uh, Saturday Night Live because yeah, we're having a lot of people from there. You nailed it. A oh, uh, couple people from the office there because Mindy Kaling, which uh, I have a hard time getting behind her because her, her character, Kelly, was so – I couldn't stand that character on The Office, but that just means she was just good at it. Mm-hmm. But I can't, see, I can't see her and not think of Kelly. Uh, but mm-hmm. that made her perfect for disgust. So oh, yeah. she was great. <laughs> well, and, and it goes along also with her character in Wreck-It Ralph as uh, t- uh, Tafeta Mutton Fudge. Yeah, it, it, it just really fits. She's really just good at playing those just horrible snot-nosed characters. <laughs> She's probably really nice in person, but I, I will always think of her that way because Kelly was kind of the same thing on The Office. 
So, uh, but rounding out the cast, Caitlin Dias, kind of a, a new character, a, a new actress. She's I, I didn't find a whole lot of thanks to her credit there. Was the voice of Riley, uh, Diane Lane for her mom, and Kyle McLaughlin as dad, which was fun because you know we've gotten to see him all this season on uh, Avengers or Avengers of Shield. Wow, Agents of Shield, <laughs> Ex- exactly as Mister Hyde. Yes, well, it's been Zabo, so but... awesome. Yes, it's been awesome to see, you know, to hear him in there. It's like he's getting really connected in now with Disney, so it's really fun. Uh, but quite a few fun guest appearances. Uh, Paula Poundstone as a forgetter named Paula, and Bobby Moynihan as a forgetter named Bobby. And if you don't know what the forgetters are when you see it, you'll understand. Uh, and I had to look it up, but uh, Bobby Moynihan has done some other Pixar work before. Um, and yet another and, Saturday Night Live cast member, too. Right. And I actually cleared it off my screen, so I don't remember what it was I found on him. So I'll just keep moving. But, yeah, he's done some other stuff. Um, I can't remember if it was a Monsters University as well or not. But I'm going to keep going. Oh, yeah, he was the one that uh, had the teeth uh, situation. Oh, that's right, Monsters University. He was Chet, who had the goofy teeth. I'm glad you remembered because we were just talking about that. (laughs) See, my memory just goes. Uh, But probably the biggest surprise... Was And I didn't even recognize their voices, and I wouldn't have known if it was them until I was watching the credits and saw Dave Goles and Frank Oz roll by as the subconscious guards. And they were just – the funny part is, is on IMDb, it has Dave Goles as subconscious guard Frank and Frank Oz as subconscious guard Dave. Well, that makes sense considering where – you know, whose hats they may have been wearing. <laughs> exactly, which I don't want to give away that joke for anyone who hasn't seen it, but believe me, you're all going to love it. <laughs> that was probably one of the best parts of the movie, well, as, as far as humor goes. Uh, but uh, And, of course, you do have a nice appearance by John Ratzberger. And the funny thing is Flea from uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers yes. actually making us an appearance, which well, I, 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 I didn't catch it. I was just saying, I prefer to think of him as Needles from Back to the Future. Exactly. Needles. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, chicken? Exactly. (laughs) And uh, I got to just throw a shout out to Jess Harnell as additional voices. He's just awesome. I don't know who he was specifically because it was additional voices. I didn't recognize his voice, but that's just how good he is. You will sometimes you'll never know it was him. So, yeah, great casting overall, but uh, uh, without giving away some spoilers, some of the basic stuff on this, I've got to say, it's it's got funny moments, but this isn't uh, a full, if you're expecting Pixar comedy gold, it's not here. This is the type of, I think, Pixar gold, when you look at something like Toy Story 3, it was a great, fantastic movie, but it was very deep and emotional and... Uh, Really, as an adult, you really I cannot. I cannot it's like it's like they're making a movie for adults, uh, but yet the kids can go along because the characters are so much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there are some deep issues, and uh, it just pulls you in so many different directions. So, as an adult, how did that work with you there? <laughs> well, you know that really is the hallmark of what Pixar does. Um, they they give us something on the surface that appears to be uh, childlike, and you know is going to appeal to. Well, to, to almost everybody on, on that childlike level, but uh, they really dig on and they work on their story to the point where it does have this deep emotional resonance, where it uh, it reaches out to you and it does grab you by the soul. And, you know, yeah, kids and in the audience may not have uh, the opportunity to think, but 
you know, I, I left the theater today really thinking about life, about childhood, about, uh, you know, experiences and loss. And, and I'll admit, I, I had some sort of fluid leaking from my eyes. And it, it happened more than once during this movie. And, you know, with, with the exception of a couple of, uh, couple of their films, that's pretty much been my reaction to most Pixar movies in a good way. <laughs> Yeah, Pixar always manages to find those moments, just pluck those heartstrings. Uh, and boy, this one was no exception. And uh, uh, it, it really, uh, that, that coming of age thing, it, I mean, the, the symbolism that they came up with, and I know they consulted some psychologists and things like that. And so there's a lot of deep things going on, but you don't have to understand psychology to understand everything that's happening in the mind where it has some symbol, symbolic of, oh, here is a certain theme park that is goofballness. And, exactly. and you understand what that means. And when you see it kind of crumble, uh, you, you understand it. And the train of thought being derailed and uh, all the things that change. I, and I'm afraid I'm spoiling a few things I want to be careful about. But as, as an adult, I'm like, I get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the kids, you're going to be like, oh, no, that's a terrible thing. And I'm like, yeah, that is rough. But that's something that we all go through. We all have those moments at growing up of where everything about us just changes. Exactly. And this gave, it, it gave a whole like visual version of how those things change. And so, oh, I'm always I'm now I'm, see I'm thinking about all these things like would be running around in my head that are that funny things that we look that might be kind of cartoony but the deeper meanings behind I mean wow I was just blown away. <laughs> oh, definitely, and and to and to come from a perspective, you know, as a child, everything you can equate it with one specific type of emotion, and how they resolve that in the end is really true to life and amazing uh, again i don't want to give away spoilers but you know it's it it really shows how people grow oh yeah and i loved how things go with i'll just say that there because everybody understands the concept you have those core things that, that make, kind of make you who you are because those events in your life and you'll hold those dear but how those will change and i like and I, I when you see the, the 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 new core that gets put together I, I I can't say what exactly it is, but I loved how it was different. Mm-hmm. The specifics of it, I was like, oh, that is exactly part of it. Because instead of very childlike how everything's one emotion or another, I'm going to shut up because <laughs> I'm going to say too much. But oh, it was, And I really liked that the emotion characters really looked to ways to try to resolve their problems in a, in a manner that an 11-year-old girl would have. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, they were like four, you know, well, how many of them? The one, two, three, yeah, there was five of them. All five of them were like an 11-year-old girl's version of each emotion. It was brilliant. Exactly. And, and to, you know, I, one of the key things I think about this is we actually see the emotions having emotions themselves. You know, <laughs> yes. Have, having their own conflicts, their own concerns, their own worries, their fears, sadness, happiness, etc. It it. it the way that they went about to to make that happen was really incredible. Oh yeah, this is definitely a winner, and I'm very happy that it is competing pretty well with Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jurassic World had that huge opening, and deservedly so. It was a great movie, and this one had a really good opening last week too. And uh, definitely, I mean, so far, summer movies, I'm just loving it <laughs> because I mean, you got Jurassic World, which is just popcorn fun, and this, which was just 
deep-seated emotional type of things, good for pretty much your whole family. But now there would be concern for children, not because it's the content is rough or anything. It's just the content is that deep. And uh, I noticed a lot of kids that were under 10 that were there they couldn't keep focused on it. I even had one kid just a little bit down, you know, about halfway through it with uh, some sad scenes because there's a lot of sad scenes because it's that, you know, emotional thing. Kid just blurts out, I want to go home. And I was like, oh. yeah. But yeah, kids were getting distracted and started talking and the parents were having to shush them the entire time. The kid behind me would just start kicking my seat and I'd look over at his mom like, excuse me, could you stop your kid from poking my seat? And the, the younger kids were just not able to stay with this, except for occasionally when fear would do something funny mm-hmm. that they understood. But a lot of it, it's just it was, would you know, the pacing is like perfect for what this story is. But for a child, it's just not there. But now you have a 10 year old daughter, which I think would be about the perfect age to start to understand this. How How is her reaction? You know, uh, I think she's still processing it. Um you know, I was asking her what she thought about the themes, what she thought that it was trying to say as a movie, and uh, much like Riley within that first act, she's, I don't know. <laughs> you know, she's, she's trying to process that still, but, you know, I know that she enjoyed it. I actually know that all three of my kids enjoyed it. Uh, we should have had you come out here to go to the theater. We didn't have anyone kicking our seats, fortunately, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they remained... Uh, you know, captivated with it through the entire movie. The, you know, you spend a lot of time in the long-term memory portion of it, but there's enough mm-hmm. uh, in between those sequences uh, to really capture their attention and keep them activated. Certainly, French fries, clouds, and um, well, dare we say, uh, uh, you know, fear of a certain uh, type of party uh, attendee. <laughs> You know, certainly, uh, you know, affected them. But uh, certainly the addition of a character there in that second act uh, who's who's with them for a good part of the journey uh, was a, a really good move on uh, Pixar's part and helped keep my kids' attention. Yeah, it's, but I, there wasn't a whole lot of laugh out loud going on in the theater. I, I was laughing at stuff because I, how cleverly they – they, uh, would do things to kind of represent things. Well, I'll just try to keep it as that. You know, I was laughing because I was getting like how how clever and perfectly together. Like one of the best bits, and I hope I'm not ruining anything, but it was very funny when they're riding on the train of thought and they accidentally knock over two boxes. That's fact and opinion. Yes, and yes. and, and uh, Bing Bong, who's voiced by Richard Kind, which everybody will know him from Bugs Life and so many different television shows. You're going to recognize his voice. He, but he is this imaginary friend who's like half elephant, half cat, or something. But he, you know, he says, "Oh, that's okay. These facts and opinions get mixed up all the time. I'll just put them in, away anywhere." I about <laughs> fell over. Oh, I definitely. said that that is so human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like now I have an excuse, you know. Well, but it's things like that. that. That's where the humor comes from. But unfortunately, that's stuff a lot of the kids aren't going to get. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'll tell you for my part, as a uh, English major, when they started uh, describing uh, deconstructionism, that got a huge <laughs> wow. laugh out of me. Yeah, there's deep stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so overall, so you have uh, three children. So how, what are the ages of the other two? Yeah, uh, my uh, son is seven, and my youngest daughter is three. Ah, and so the seven and the three-year-old, how did they react? Uh, they they enjoyed it a bit. Uh, the the three-year-old were kind of still going through the potty training phase, so uh, uh, she had to step out a couple of times. Uh, but 
beyond those, uh, her fascination was kept through the whole movie, and she enjoyed it. And my son, he loved the whole thing. Oh, well, good, because I was worried that maybe younger kids wouldn't quite uh, keep up with this one because there's there's not as much comedy in the general sense of what you would expect with animation, but they did stick it in there. Uh, I did love the fear character. He he, His reactions to things was always comical, and uh, mm-hmm. and I liked the way they played it because I thought it was going to be just this generic I'm always freaked out character, but uh, no, he actually had purpose, and he knew what his job was, and his job was to protect Riley, and he was smart. You know, he was a smart fear. He's like, oh, no, let's be careful. Hang on. Let me do this. Okay, we're fine. Keep going. And it was brilliant. I really liked that. I, I thought he was going to be so one-sided, and he was actually so – had so much depth to it. I liked it. Yeah, he had and, an arc. Uh, yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, and I got to say, I, I wish I'd have caught in every single newspaper headline inside the mind – because they were comical too, but sometimes I was watching, you know, a conversation over here, and then I'd look over and I'd see anger putting down in the newspaper. I'm like, oh, I missed another headline. So it's definitely worth rewatching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because the headlines were always funny, it's like the it's like he's getting a newspaper of what happened just you know 30 seconds beforehand, and he's got a newspaper reading about what happened, or even right uh, as it's going on, <laughs> right. It was just so clever. Uh, so definitely worth rewatching. This is definitely going on my Blu-ray list. Like pretty much every Pixar movie. The only Pixar movie I don't own was Brave. Not that I didn't like Brave, but I didn't think it was something I was going to rewatch a bunch of times. But this is definitely going to be on my list of favorites. Right, right there with Toy Story three. Uh, although Toy Story three is so it's so rough on you that I can't watch it all the time. Because it's so deep, and it, it's it's like the house Toy Story three has that growing up moment where he's you know Andy's got to step into being adult, uh, and that change as an adult you're definitely going to understand it. And this movie goes to that same angle, and it hits you except for it hits you at that younger level where you're going from your your really your childhood and into those teenage years, and how you're going to a change uh, as you start slowly your second half of growing up. All right, let, you know, you know, I just don't get me going on when somebody loved me because you know that that's the age that yes. uh, this is going for. Yes, uh, and I I could sum it up with the, the Angela Lansbury song, "The Age of Not Believing," where you oh, kind of yes. hit that, and you have to find those new things to believe in. Mm. Uh, really hits home. So, but yeah, that's definitely our review. Uh, I was aiming for just talking for about you know fifteen minutes, but we've gone talking for like nearly twenty minutes because it was just a great movie, and there's so many wonderful things we can say about it. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it, and uh, you know what? Send us an email, give us a voicemail on what your kids think about it, because I would like to see how many kids maybe this starts to get them thinking. You know, uh, like a ten year old daughter, uh, I she I think she's really going to relate, and I would love to hear how she kind of. After she's processed this, and if she starts to to relate to things she's going through, uh, I mean, I think this is this would be the ultimate thing. I think I would show if I had children and they were going to start to hit those wonder years. You know, I would show them this movie and see what kind of clicks for them and how they might uh, understand things a little bit better and maybe uh, gets them to kind of think that yeah, yeah, everything's changing, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you you just find your new path in those changes. So, but yeah, it was, thanks for coming on to talk about this movie. It was great having you on. Hey, it's been great being here, and thanks for having me. Disney music fans, the time has come. It's the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Your vote will determine this year's top five Disney songs. Vote now 
at poll.neverlandpodcast.com. That's P-O-L-L dot neverlandpodcast.com. And listen to the Neverland Podcast to see which Disney band rises above the competition. Well, this has been a crazy week here for the uh, Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Apparently, there was something that happened very strange during my computer meltdown last week. And they say that, uh, well, you know, Muppet fans are crying 113. I don't know what that means, but the judges say that they have to apply the rule of sevens to the, uh, the judging. Well, I don't understand what any of that means. But uh, here's what's happening. Round four is going to be extended for another week. I mean, things have been really, really heated between the Muppet Mayhem and the Disney Indiana Club Park Park Club Band. <laughs> but it's been uh, very interesting, and has, it's been such a tight competition. I got to let it go for another week, and uh, especially with the judges saying something has been very odd, and I can't figure out what's going on, but something has changed. And I hear there's potential that uh, there might be some uh, issues going on within the bands, and it's possible that very soon we may see some infighting within the bands, and uh, maybe, I don't know, what could happen? Maybe some people are going to get replaced uh, within each band. I don't know. Uh, But something's going on. Uh, So round four is going to be extended for another week, so make sure you tell everybody to come and vote because it's going to get intense this week. Also, I'd like to give a special shout-out right now to Eric Warren, who you know, Lost Boy Retlaw, who you just heard reviewing Inside Out with me. He made some really cool memes in promotion of the Battle of the Disney Bands, uh, supporting, I guess, some of his favorite songs, you know, but he had some really neat memes he created. He posted them up onto the Facebook group. Uh, I'm going to start using them in promotion because I thought they were hilarious. They're, they're, they're pretty good puns and lots of fun. He used some of the songs and made jokes, and they're awesome. But big thanks to Eric Warren for making those, and uh, maybe he'll make some more. You know, he's a, very creative. I, I, I salute you on your, your clever use of words and lyrics and uh, making fun parodies. Uh, really fun stuff. But if you yourself, if you would like to uh, do something in support of your, your songs and make a a meme of some sort and everything for one of some of your favorite songs, feel free to do so. I think that could actually could be a lot of fun. Well, share them with us. Uh, I'm having fun with them, and I will probably reuse it, uh, you know, to in promotion and sharing this with other, you know, various Disney groups within, uh, you know, on Facebook and things like that. We'll kind of get the word out, and we'll make this go crazy. And But, yeah, make yourself something on, like, one of your favorite Disney songs that's in the competition. Uh, and send it to me. I would love to see it because I, I, I had not even thought of such an idea. It's a wonderful idea and a potential for a lot more fun for us to have. So please do send that in. Have some fun. And once again, big thanks to Lost Boy Retlaw, Eric Warren for being a guest on the show and for making those really fun memes. I really got a kick out of those. My wife had a big smile out of that as well. Okay, but now... Uh, it's time to go back in time to the opening day of Disneyland for part six in our series. So, without further ado, here we go. Now we're in Autopia, about a mile of superhighway adventure with all the kids lined up in little gasoline-driven automobiles that go whistling around the various freeway and highway convolutions at 11 miles an hour. These are gasoline-driven and the kids can drive to their heart's content with their parents or without their parents. Where are you going? 
Oh, stay right there. I didn't know where you, I thought I was going to be run over here for a second. Now, the uh, entire Autopia goes by a lake and by canals. There's scenic features. And look who's riding in the various cars. Coming down the road here is uh, my old friend Don DeFore, Ozzie and Harriet's next door neighbor. Come on right by. Hello, Don. Good to see you. All Keep right, on going. Here's Jeannie Crane. Hello, Jean. Frank Sinatra. Hello, Franco. Who's driving? Frankie Jr. My Junior. son, yeah. Don't hit this man. Oh. Look who hit who. Sammy Davis Jr. Hello, Sammy. And where is Gail? Gail Storm should be coming by here in just a second with her kitties. She's here with Peter and Paul, and they're all skimming around up there on the, on the freeway. There's Mrs. DeFore. Now, these all have aluminum bumpers completely around them, as you might see over here, so they can't hurt anybody. And they have governors on them. They only run 11 miles an hour. And, of course, uh, the women drivers are given a little special uh, space, just as they are on the highways. Well, we got a lot more celebrities coming up. Come up here, Gail. I want you to see one of the prettiest gals in the world, Miss Gail Storm, and her little boy. We've been waiting for you, honey. Hi. How was oh. the ride? Well, I tell you, that's the greatest ride I ever had. Thank you. Well, we ought to go down to the boat landing. Ronnie Reagan, are you there? Take it away. Well, thank you very much, Art. And here on the Lake of Tomorrowland, we have boats made out of fiberglass, and they're as strong and safe as anything afloat. And I have two customers right here, Bonita Granville and Jack Rather. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, Ronnie. How are you? Just fine. And say, I... Uh, I haven't seen you since we left the bus early this morning here. Well, we had a nice ride out, and we've had a big day here. Oh, boy. Can you see it all in one day? Oh, it's impossible. It's a fabulous place. And that gets me around to the other point. You're sort of uh, interested in a hotel arrangement around here, aren't yes, you? Yes. Uh, we're building the Disneyland Hotel, which is right at the exit to Disneyland Park. And you and Nancy have got to bring the kids and come out and stay with us. When are you going to open? Uh, we're opening uh, part of it in September and the rest of it in January, Ronnie. We shall be there in September. Fine. And now, in the meantime, why don't you have a boat ride? You know, this good. is a good chance to tell the people that's a $10 million hotel with swimming pool and everything, then you can take two or three days. Good. Okay, Thanks. have Thanks. a boat ride. Sure. We'll come back to Tomorrowland in just a moment to take you for a thrilling rocket ship ride into space. Conquest of space, exploring the future and the unknown up in the universe is probably the last big challenging problem left to man, Danny. It just about is. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted at this fantastic place of amusement that Walt Disney and Captain Barton. And I would say that this is one of the most exciting. Captain Barton, come over here. This is Danny Thomas, Captain Barton. He's in charge of our two uh, rocket ships. What are their names? Uh, Diana and Luna. Oh, after the moon. Right. Now, are you blasting off very shortly? Uh, just a few seconds, I'd say. Uh, Danny doesn't want to go. He's a little skeptical. You mean that thing really goes up? You don't want to leave the Earth, Danny? No, I certainly do not. I think you've been out of this world for years, kid. <laughs> Captain, you go over and get aboard the ship, and uh, we'll uh, contact you in a minute. All right, fine. All right. Yeah, you see, there are two ships. They each accommodate about 103 people. And as a matter of fact, you over there, Captain Barton? Yeah. Ready to blast off? All right. Well, take it away, and let's take a little look at what it looks like. Oh, yeah. I'd like to give you some idea about the rocket ship itself and explain some of the more interesting highlights of our operation here. 
Now, this will give you a pretty good idea of the rocket ship in which you will soon be traveling to the moon. Now, here is the captain's cockpit. And here are the crew's quarters. And this is the passenger section. In this section are two television screens, one above and another one below. So when the flight gets underway, you'll be able to see by watching the upper screen what's ahead of you, and by watching the lower screen, you can see what you've left behind. Now, this chart shows the flight path of the rocket ship Star of Polaris, which will be taking off shortly for the moon. Now, this is a typical flight path and approximates the one of your own trip. Clear field preparatory to takeoff. Clear field preparatory to takeoff. Attention blast off crew. Attention blast off crew. Report to space dock three. Attention fire control crew. Attention fire control crew. Report to space dock one. All field personnel take blast off stations. All field personnel take blast off stations. Field control to tower. Field has been cleared for takeoff. Check. Tower to Captain Rocket Ship TWA Star of Polaris. You've been cleared for takeoff, Captain. Stand by. Captain Star of Polaris. Already. Starting countdown. 15 seconds. X14. X13. X12. X11. X10. X9. X8. X7. X6. X5, X4, X3, X2, X1, fire! Captain Barton again from Disneyland Operations. Uh, switching you back to the Rocket Polarius for more highlights of this space trip. During the time I've been speaking, we've risen another 10,000 feet. We are assuming our flight course, which will take us over the Arctic Circle. You'll find most of the polar cap will be in shadow or nightside. In a few moments, we'll be 1,075 miles high and past the orbit of the space station Terra. Disneyland Spaceport, Polly Terra Space Station. Come in. Disneyland, this is Terra. Go ahead. Roger, Terra. Do you have Polaris contact? Terra to Disneyland Spaceport. Roger, have contacted rocket ship star Polaris. There it is. a word from your announcer and the commercial. She completes a full circle every two hours in her flight around the Earth. Okay, Neverlanders, we have a returning guest. We have voice actress Katie Lee with us. Hooray! Hi, Jeremy! Hello again. You know, this makes your third appearance on here, which means we have to officially induct you as an official Neverland pixie. 
Oh, boy. So. Okay. We have to have a good name for you. And what, what comes to me is Flutter Voice. <gasps> I love that. Flutter Voice. Flutter That's voice. me. Yes. Now, of course, you have to take the pledge around here in Neverland. You are allowed to grow wise, grow strong, but never grow up. I do. There you go. It's official. You are a pixie of Neverland. Yay! You've got a brand new book, and I've already read it. I I ordered a copy, and uh, it didn't take me too long to read. I just sped through it. But you and Will Ryan got together and wrote a book called Adventures in Oddity. Yes, we did. As he'll say, it was five years in the making. But once we finally decided, hey, let's get this out, it was came fast and furious. It was fun. So it was kind of his idea to write this? Well, actually, you know, you see the picture on the cover of Adventures in Oddity? Uh-huh. I came across a picture about eight years ago. And we actually took that photo about 30 years ago before we were ever on Adventures in Odyssey. I asked him to pose with me for some commercial uh, headshots, photos, and we took that picture, and I found it, like I said, maybe eight years ago, maybe, and, and, and I called him up, I said, Will, we look like Connie and Eugene in this picture. <laughs> I, I I was so, I could, was amazed when I saw it. I said, we gotta send this to Focus, and he said, Focus on the Family. He said, no, save it for our book. I said, okay, what book? He goes, we're gonna write one. I said, all right. <laughs> And I, that's actually what I thought of when I saw it with the, both of the uh, the cherry coke here. It was like this is kind of like a Connie and Eugene picture, except for I would, Eugene should have glasses. Well, isn't that funny? Well, we didn't even know who Connie and Eugene were. They weren't even created at the time we took that photo. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, so to help fill people in on uh, for anyone who is maybe a new to the Neverland podcast and is not familiar with who you are, well, your voice already should sound familiar just from talking. But uh, just fill in a little bit on on some of the things that you've done and also who Will Ryan is. Oh, I'd love to. Well, um, I've done a lot of things over the years that actually Will has worked with me on. Will Ryan is just a tremendously talented person. He started out writing songs at Disney's, as he will say. And um, he – oh, now that's my only um – (laughs) <laughs> I promise myself I don't want to say that anymore, so I'm going to slow down. He's acted in uh, – he was a seahorse in the Little Mermaid movie. He's done a lot of Don Bluth movies, a lot of the Disney movies he's done some character voices in, and I think they're mentioned on the back of the book. He started on Welcome to Pooh Corner on the Disney Channel, and then I did Dumbo Circus, which is where we um, did mo- – oh, I did it again – that's okay. We did Those most of our. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of work on that show together. We worked on the Gummy Bears together. We worked on uh, Adventures in Odyssey, which has been on the air for 28 years, going on 29 years now. Produced by Focus on the Family, where we play these two characters that work at a soda fountain. He's Eugene, and I'm Connie, and that's kind of what they look like. He's kind of nerdy, and she's just this. Young, bubbly, flutter voice of a character. (laughs) And what else have we done together? So many things. He also has a band called Will Ryan and the Cactus County Cowboys, and I got to go on stage with them um, last a couple months ago. So that was a blast. And, yeah, we've just been friends for a long, long time, over 30 years. So it was great fun. Uh, Just our book was supposed to, if Will were here, he'd say to dispel the... uh, the notion that 
our characters are based on our real life personalities. But of course, you read the book, Jeremy. <laughs> so what do you think? Yeah, I'd say he pretty much proved that you guys pretty much are the characters. <laughs> uh, even with his use of uh, like six syllable words, uh, even a few that I'm sure he invented. Some of these I, I don't know if he invented. I want to look it up in a dictionary. But he invented a lot of new <laughs> names for states and all kinds of things in here. <laughs> He's an amazing writer. He, I, I, I believe he writes a song a day on a nor average day, maybe more than one. He's just prolific when it comes to writing. His songs are so clever, and he, he loves to play with words. And, yes, he made up a whole bunch of words. And we were over at Phil Lawler's studio a couple weeks ago to record the audio version of our book. And that was hilarious. It was really hard to get through some of the stuff, especially the 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 names of the is it the planets, the new planets. He came up with names, new planets, and, new states, uh, just anything. That we you get to we the right were there. we were laughing hysterically. We could barely hold it together. We couldn't even say. We tried to read them. And you could look at them, but to say it out loud just cracked us up. It took us probably an hour just to get through a list of 20 names of planets, especially la, 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 la. (laughs) And then, of course, Eagle Dip. Yeah, Eagle Dip. Oh, we wrote a song about Eagle Dip. If you end up, yeah, while we were doing it, he ended up getting us out his ukulele, and we wrote a song. He, together, we came up with a little song about Iggle Dip, and I believe that will be on the audio version of our book. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's Will's Names for New Lunar State. So if we start New making states state. on the moon, <laughs> we got it covered. Yeah, so Iggle Dip has its own theme song now. <laughs> oh, see, now if I, if I needed convincing to get the audio version as well, that's I, that would be the total convincer. If I didn't already need the, you know, the the motive just to know it existed. Because uh, the fun thing about this is it's pretty much like a conversation. Mm-hmm. You, could, you almost wrote this. You could almost use it as a script. <laughs> if somebody wanted to go and have a two-person play, you could act out the entire book. Well, that's only chapters one and four. One and four were really easy to record. I don't know if I should say this, but... One and four were super easy because we were talking to each other when we wrote it mm-hmm. or we, you know, sent each. And so that was easy. That was so natural and lots of fun to record. When we got to chapters two and three with the long um, answers that we weren't actually playing off of each other, it felt kind of strange. So there's a surprise person who's reading chapters two and three because they sound more entertaining than we do being ourselves. And uh, and there's a surprise person reading the foreword who isn't Phil Lawler who wrote the foreword. Huh. So we had a lot of fun being creative with the audio version of our book. But yeah, the conversational ones where we were talking back and forth, Will and I read that. And uh, hopefully the reader will find it just as entertaining more entertaining the way we decided to do this and enjoy what we came up with. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, though, this, the, uh, the process of this book was either over email or you two just sat in the same room and actually just had a conversation and had somebody by the recording machine or, and then later <laughs> dictate and write everything you guys just said. I think it was a little of both. <laughs> Maybe a little more of the email. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was fun because we – well, because people are always interviewing us. So he said, well, let's interview each other. 
and see what comes. Because I think you might have noticed that he's a lot more effusive when it comes to answering things <laughs> than I am.、Uh, but I tried to be. I tried to be kind of. As honest as I could be and entertaining, and Will, of course, his main goal is to be entertaining. Yeah,、so. yeah. You don't, <laughs> you don't get a whole lot of information about Will Ryan there, but you're going to be greatly entertained and laugh hysterically when you're interviewing him.、Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but oh, there's something really interesting that came up when he started asking you some questions. You, really, you mentioned that you have backpacked through Europe. Hmm. And I'm like, holy cow! Really? Yes. I don't remember reading that, but it's true. Uh, yes, I did.、Um, we, I wouldn't say backpacked as far as like hiking across the t- entire European contact content continent. That's what I meant to say, continent.、Uh, but we take out the.、Uh, <laughs> I did take a backpack and go to Europe for five weeks. Wow. Yes, and that was so much fun. I, I really I enjoyed that. I have no problem going anywhere and making friends, and it was really fun. I enjoyed that.、Um, that was in between my sophomore and junior year of college. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you were still kind of just getting out, finding your place in the world, figuring out what you wanted to do with life, and thought, "I'm going to Europe. I'm going to see it all." <laughs> I had the opportunity, yeah, and I, I actually traveled with a friend who I barely knew. Now, of course, we're good friends. Once you do something like that, but I, I went to the dorms where I had done my first year of college, and she, we were visiting some friends, and I said, "Hey,、uh, I'm gonna, I want to go to Europe this summer. Does anybody want to go with me?" And she said, "Oh, I'll go with you." I'm like, "Who are you again?" Okay, sure, let's go, and that's kind of what happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. See, I've ever barely ever left the United States. I've been to Canada just a little. You want bit. me to tell you? You want me to tell you a funny story? Oh, awesome! About, yes. Okay, so we're traveling around, and we're very different. She's like total hippie, and I'm like semi hippie, but smart enough to know to pack a skirt <laughs> when you go somewhere. So like they wouldn't let her into the、uh, where does the Pope live? <laughs> That Vatican, you know, <laughs> yeah, Vatican City. That church. St. Paul's, you have to. So she didn't have it. She couldn't go in to see the churches and things like that.、Uh, maybe she bought one eventually. But then when we went to Greece, because okay, this is how we did it. Because we were so cheap, we'd get, look on a map. We did nothing systematically. Like we could be in France and say, "Where does the overnight train go?" All right, let's get on it so we could sleep on the train. So we actually went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth、oh、to see places just so we could sleep on the train. When we got to Greece,、uh, first we were in no Athens. That was crazy. There was nothing open when we got there. But we went to this island, Corfu, which is absolutely beautiful, and the weather was beautiful. And we thought, oh, we'll go to a campground. So we went to this campground, and we were all checking in, getting ready to pay. And it was, you know, there's no rain. It was just a great weather. So we were just going to sleep outside. And they said, do you have a tent? And we said, no. And they said, "Oh well, then you can't stay here. You don't have a tent." And I hit her. I go, "Oh no, we have a tent. We have a tent. We have a tent. No problem. We have a tent." So, okay. So they let us in, and I took we took my poncho and strung it on a string in between trees, <laughs> and I figured that works as a tent. And I'm not even sure if we slept under it, but that marked our our spot as a tent site. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd keep rain off of you. Yeah, but it didn't rain. It was thankfully perfect. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. I can't go camping without it raining on me at least once. 
Oh, <laughs> we went camping once. This is another time I went when my kids were little. We went to this uh, mammoth, mammoth lakes, and we're at the edge of this lake, but not smart enough to check the weather or realize that if you're going to pitch a tent, make sure that the flaps are pointing downhill if you are on a slope. Because we went for a walk, there was a huge thunderstorm. It filled our tent with rain, our sleeping bags, and everything. Oh. And uh, so we learned our lesson about that. Yeah. So here, this is helpful. Flutter Voice gives helpful camping tips. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Always <laughs> make sure you're pointing downhill. Downhill with yeah. your tent. Yes. Wow. See, usually we just get really wet shoes and we have to leave outside, or it'll storm and rain while we're trying to sleep, and then you're trying not to touch the edges of the tent because if you do, apparently water will come in or something, and either that or it'll start <laughs> raining while we're still trying to set the tent up. How that? I've had it every time. I'm going to get wet. It's just the way it is. Oh. Wow. Well, maybe it's where you live because you know I'm in California, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, you're, you're kind of lacking rain there right now. Right now it's severe, and I, I totally didn't even consider that in, in Northern California you could have a thunderstorm, so hmm. I, we should have checked the weather. But I think that was before cell phones, so it's not our fault. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, but uh, you're, we know you're running out of time here, so we just definitely want to thank you for coming on. And uh, how can everybody get a hold of this book? Oh, yes. Go to www.voiceofyourchildhood.com and they can order it. And also, uh, we have a Facebook page, Adventures in Oddity, O-D-D-I-T-Y, just if they want to check out what people are saying. Everybody's been so cute because we have a special. Actually, there's about 15 or 14 books left for our first 100 copies that are autographed. By Will and I, and there's a special, so those are special limited editions, and if they want to order those, there's still a few left they can get. Um, oh, I said it again. Anyway, you go on the site, order your special, you can also get a phone call if you want. That's an, an added bonus to this limited edition order, and personalized colored editions of all the cartoons, by the way, in the book were drawn by Will, all the drawings. So And they're fun, too. One, I like these drawings. Oh, He's fantastic, right? Yeah. So there, he drew a character caricature of Eugene. He drew one of Connie, and he's hand-coloring them for those who ordered. I, I got an email from somebody who said, how come my book hasn't come yet? I go, you don't understand. Will's coloring these by hand with his pencil, and he's taking his, you know, it's 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 a original work of art. So it's he's taking his time and because he, he's very particular. He's very particular. So you can get it that way. And next Sunday, I will actually be, I don't know when this is being uh, broadcast. It'll but be on this Sunday. Sunday. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I'm going to be at Winona Lake in Indiana because I'm going to the Masterworks Festival. And from 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock, I'll be at Kalani's Ice Cream Shop, which looks uncannily like Wit's End that I mentioned in the book. And we're going to have a book signing there. Awesome. And I asked them to make Wadfam chalk sods, which are special uh, Wits and ice cream shop drinks, and they're going to make them there uh, while we're there. So we're all very, very excited. And to fill everyone in, in case you don't know, it's the world-famous chocolate soda. <laughs> exactly. I asked Phil, where did that come from? He goes, well, actually, 
it was something I forgot to spell out in the script, and when we came to it, I just went with it, and that's how he said it wasn't supposed to be that, but he forgot to fix it, so that's how that happened. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, isn't that funny? So, is there plans maybe another book to give a little bit more information on? Because uh, you've uh, really uh, Adventures of Odyssey is pretty much where Disney voice actors come to do some additional work. It seems that almost everybody that does like a major character has done some work for Disney at some point. You know what? That's absolutely true because, first of all, we get the best actors in Hollywood, and so does Disney. Yeah. So, and and older actors, established actors who just absolutely love doing radio drama jump at the chance to record our show. And a lot of newer actors, too. So, yeah, we've had a lot of veteran actors who've been on Disney stuff. You're right. I mean, Corey Burton was on forever and ever and ever. And if you ride the tram at Disneyland, that's whose voice you hear. He plays a bazillion characters on the show. Also, the Haunted Mansion Holiday, one of my favorites that I have not gotten to experience yet, but uh, I've ah. heard the audio. It is fantastic. He does a, a great, I, I don't call it an impersonation of Paul Freese. He really kind of embodies Paul Freese. When Corey does a voice he embodies, you should hear his Gary Owens. If you haven't, oh, I have. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I know he was on – I was at the um, improv when he was on stage with Rob Paulson. Oh, yes, I've heard that. That was a great show. That was a great show, and I, I went there to see Corey in particular because I hadn't seen him in a long time. And, yeah, I mean, uh, Kenny Mars, who was the father in Little Mermaid, played oh, yeah. a part. Yeah, yeah on King Odyssey Triton. for a long time. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Yep. So you're right. I guess it's, you know, the the Disney character voice playground is over at the uh, at Focus on the Family <laughs> yep, on over Adventures in Odyssey. Odyssey. So I'm sure yeah, you've got lots of great stories to book. share. That, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to more stories because this was so much fun to read. I'm like, it's it's over already. I'm finished reading it. I need another book. I know. It's very brief. It would go in the humorous section. Will says we're going to write another book and we're going to answer. So maybe what we'll do is ask people to actually send in some some real questions or maybe we'll tell some real stories of people that we've worked with and and fun times, fun times in the kitchen of Adventures in Odyssey. (laughs) And we're still waiting for that complete album release of all of the fun antics and bloopers that get recorded that we never get to hear. I know they've been holding on to that for 28 years now. <laughs> and just every once in a while you get a little bit of like, hey, we want to share this, you know, and then you'll hear a little bit and you're like, oh, this was great, you know, because apparently Will Ryan likes to break out his ukulele and just start singing songs oh, yeah. in between takes. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You've probably got an entire album's worth of ukulele songs. <laughs> you know what? I bet they do. And as a matter of fact, we're going to be recording again at the end of July. I will ask about that. What's the deal with the blooper? Because kind of what you're going to hear on the audio version of our book, you're going to hear the book, of course, but there's going to be extra stuff for sure to make it fun. And that song about Eagle Dip, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, Eagle Dip. Eagle. It's not Eagle, it's Eagle. Eagle, yes. Dip. You know, that's the kind of thing that we do on the set all the time, much to the dismay of our directors who would really like us to get through the script. Uh, but we have lots and lots of fun. Yeah. Oh, a blooper album would be amazing and i think that's what they should do for the 30th anniversary so if there's any adventures in odyssey fans out there why don't you post on our adventures in oddity facebook page your suggestions and let's see if focus will uh, release something like that because i think that would be 
a heck of a lot of fun. Probably one of the greatest comedy albums ever released. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff they can't put on there, too. But one one of the things I used to like to do back in the day was run over to Will's script and, like, write notes on his script that had nothing to do with his script. So. <laughs> uh, just to try to mess him up? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I just look at him. Actually, Flutter Voice is very a, a good name because I used to, like – Put my finger. I'm doing it right now. Put my fingers up above my eyes, like they're long eyelashes, and eyelash at him. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, I don't know. I guess you have to be there, but <laughs> I, I, I send my thoughts into his head, and he seems to pick them up pretty easily. We've known each other. A very long time. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, someday with both of us will be on your show. And I can't promise you though that we would uh, sh- talk about the same stories because Will will just probably go off into fantasy land and make up something. So if you want the real scoop, you might have to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'd love to sit around and hear some of his stories anyway. Even if he was just telling us wild stuff he was coming up with, it would be great. It was like sit <laughs> well, around the campfire, you- just listen to the it- stuff. Exactly. He'll tell you the history of everything. We attempted our Fort Blanket Review Show, which, by the way, we're going to be – we do do live shows. I should say this before I get going. Will, Phil, and I created Fort Blanket Review. We also have a Facebook page where we do – it's like Adventures in Odyssey Live. It's not only Adventures in Odyssey, but you get three of the original actors, and we do some classic skits and some new material, and we do like live radio theater. We take questions and answers from the audience, and we're booking our tour for this year. So if anybody's interested, and they can contact me through the Voice of Your Childhood website or on Facebook. And... Uh, we're going to be at a seminary in Kentucky. They're having Adventures in Odyssey as the theme cool. for some reason in September. We're going out there, and I'm pretty excited about that. We just came back from Michigan. We were in Lansing where we did a show at a homeschool convention, but it was, it was loads of fun. And we just feel like there's a huge audience out there, and we love to meet everybody. And when Focus produces the big shows, like the one in Dallas we had a few years ago, there were 4,000 people there, and I think we shook 4,000 hands. So it took a long time. We'd like to, you know, more intimate setting is our goal with Fort Blanket Review. And it's called Fort Blanket Review because Phil's studio is like a blanket fort. He's got blankets all over, so that's <laughs> that's how we got the name. Just needs a few extra couch cushions, and everybody's reliving their childhood. Yeah, we're having total fun over there. <laughs> it's really fun. It's really fun when the bird starts screaming and the garage door opens and the air conditioning kicks on, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like camping in we're, Europe. Because <laughs> ex- we're trained professionals, right? <laughs> yeah, we haven't really slept in the blanket fort, but it's there. It's hanging up. You're right. It's a lot like camping in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a great recording time, too. It's just like, you know what? We're going to have an official blanket fort sleepover. We're all going to just sleep here, and whatever weird things come out of us, we'll go ahead and just record it and then release it as a crazy album. 
Oh, well, I'll take that back to the boys and see what they have to say. <laughs> and I will patent that under my name, My Thought. Neverland Productions. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, it's always great having you on, but I don't want to make you late for where you need to be. So All right. we'll definitely love to have you on, especially uh, when you get the recordings ready to do with the audio. If you'd like to come on and tell us about that a little bit, that would be awesome. Just You're welcome any old time here. Oh, good. Thank you so much. Now that I have an official pixie name i i think i might just come knocking on your door whenever i feel like it now <laughs> and i might actually suddenly so get that knock on the annoying apartment door it's like hey you know what didn't you say you wanted to have us do this blanket uh, thing here in kansas city well here i am i need somewhere to sleep <laughs> oh you know what happened in kansas city i almost went there you know a couple weeks ago there was the here now festival do you know about that i don't think so it was downtown are you in kansas city missouri yes Okay, that's the one. And I directed an, um, a feature-length audio, a feature-length animated film script called Rex Tanner and the Sword of Damocles. I cast it. I directed it. We put it together. My husband, Vinnie J., did the sound design. and it's But it's an audio version of the screenplay. And we submitted it to the Here Now Festival, and it was featured there in your hometown just a couple weeks ago. And so I'm so, so proud of everybody, and it's a great thing. We've gotten really great reviews from people who said, you know, I listened with my 10-year-old ten, to 16-year-old nieces and nephews, and they all liked it. So Rex Tanner and the Sword of Damocles, you can – there's rextanner.com, I think, if anybody's interested. And I even think I posted on one of my Facebook pages my official – uh, Katie Lee voice actor page uh, discount coupon so you can download it for a incredibly affordable price. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll definitely make sure we'll link that up here in the show notes. I remember I linked it up about when your first appearance, but I'll make sure I put that link on there again for Rex Tanner. Uh, and I think I somewhere I have there was a trailer for it that you had made. Which... Yeah, there's a couple of them. All right. Well, I better go. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, and thanks for coming on. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. I'll talk to you later. Up, up, and away, or what do you say? Uh, uh, to Disney uh, and to, beyond. To Disney and beyond. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, once again, I would definitely like to thank our special guests this week, Eric Warren and voice actress Katie Lee. I hope you enjoyed hearing from them. I enjoyed talking to them. It's always a lot of fun to, to have some guests on, uh, the famous ones and the, just the ones that uh, are just you know awesome listeners. You know, Having some of you listeners on, if I get familiar with a few more of you, I'd probably have you on as a guest to kind of hear your opinions on things. You know, that's, It's fun. I love interacting with you. Uh, this is a community here in Neverland, and uh, so it's a lot of fun to get together with you and uh, and share the fun of uh, our childhood memories of different cartoons and toys, and of course Disney. And heck, while you're visiting Neverland, you know, always feel free to let me know what you enjoy most of what we do on the show. Is it some park news, movie reviews? Uh, you know, what, what is it you'd like to hear more of? More classic audio. Believe me, I got all kinds of, like, old storybook things that we, like, we used to read, you know, with the tapes or the records. I have a lot of audio of those that uh, I can share, which 
you know, I'm going to get around to sharing a lot more of it. Uh, but uh, if you guys absolutely hate when I do that, then let me know, and I won't. But uh, if you're anything like me and you're enjoying this show, I think you're enjoying it just as much as I am. I love reliving all these childhood memories. But uh, definitely thanks to our guests, and uh, definitely let me hear from you sometime this week. And definitely come back next week. It'll be the 4th of July weekend, and so we're going to have a lot of fun celebrating our country. Goodbye, and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright glue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.